0: Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for November 29th, 2019. Good morning, fellow pilgrims! You and I are pilgrims in the kingdom of God. We live in the tension between the kingdom now and the kingdom to come. What a privilege to live in that kind of a world. You and I are called out of darkness into the light of the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God on earth, the fulfillment of the prayer of Jesus. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Give us that bread out of that other realm. And that's what we've been talking about in these last podcasts. We spent some time in the fourth chapter of John in the last podcast, talking about the woman at the well and how Jesus talks to her out of the realm of the spirit. She doesn't get it just like Nicodemus doesn't get it. And we don't get it until the Holy Spirit breathes on you and I and we see that gift of faith rise in our heart when he goes, and all of a sudden our eyes are opened. My wife and I, after we were converted, began to read the Bible and we would read two or three verses and just begin to weep and look at each other and say, where in the world did this come from? Well, it's because our eyes were opened. It wasn't just dead theology and Bible information or biblical knowledge or theory or theology. It was now the person of Jesus breathing through the written word as the living word himself. And when the Holy Spirit comes, and I've read so many times out of John 5, it says, you search the scriptures for in them you have to find eternal life. But it's they that bear witness of me, and you refuse to come to me that you might have life. You see, the Bible doesn't bring you to the kingdom of God. Jesus brings you to the kingdom of God. Jesus, by his resurrected life and spirit, and the spirit that he poured out, and then the word of God, the scripture, becomes alive and full of joy. It's just so amazing. And I mentioned again in the last podcast in John 4, when the disciples come back after lunch, remember, with lunch for him, and he's not hungry. He says, I've got food you guys don't know about. Well, the only way they know to say is, well, wait a minute, who went and bought him something? They don't get it, just like Nicodemus. Well, we're continuing to talk about the food of God, the food that God gives us in Jesus Christ. I wanted to read, uh, let's see, I wanted to read a little out of the Amplified Bible from the 10th uh, chapter, and it's the, the chapter about the sheep and the shepherd and uh, the door of the sheepfold and all of that. It's a beautiful chapter. And it's uh, uh, he, he begins it by saying, and I'm reading from the Amplified, I assure you, most solemnly tell you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold climbs up some other way, elsewhere from some other quarter, is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep and he talks about he's he's a good shepherd and then he's he says he says i know and recognize my own and my own recognize me there's also where it says that they can go in and out and find life which i think is a marvelous gift to the sheep under the shepherd's care, he talks to them and tells them, "You know, you can go in and out, and and have food." If the wo-, and and what he's talking about again is those two realms, you can go in and out, in and out from the Gospel of John. I wanted to read just a couple of verses from John 12. I'm going to read from the Amplified again. He's talking to them about the grain of wheat dying and, and uh, the Pharisees. I'm going to pick it up uh, that had gone to the feast in John 12. I'm going to pick it up in verse 20 out of the Amplified. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. These came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they made this request, Sir, we desire to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip together went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified and exalted. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain, never becomes more but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Anyone who loves his life loses it, but anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal." Whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here on the earth, but despises it, preserves his life forever and ever. Is that a stunning, stunning thing? We live in two realms by faith. I know this seems repetitious, but when you're born again from above and you begin to hear that wind of the Spirit blowing through you, that ruach, that ruach of God, the Spirit of God that went over, remember the, the just in, in the book of Genesis, when, it, when uh, Adam was created, he was made out of the earth and God breathed the breath of life out of the earth and he became a living being. That's because he could live in two realms. And in the first and second chapters of Genesis, they lived in two realms. Coming into the third chapter, they still lived in two realms. They walked with God. Even, uh, I had a dear sister the other day talk about the work that God gave Adam to do in naming and naming things and such. And she said, it's kind of interesting in the Hebrew, the word can also involve worship. In other words, work can become worship when it comes out of the other realm. And in the third chapter, we read again, before the fall, before she listens to the enemy, they walked with God, they fellowshiped with God, and God would come and be with them and they would fellowship. I've often said, and I was reading in a book this week by a dear person whom I never got to meet, but whose theology I sure enjoyed was Dallas Willard. And it's in a new book written about him and his experience coming coming to death and dying and entering eternity. And one of the things that he said is Genesis 1 and 2, and then Revelation 21 and 2, and he said, that's the bookends. And I understand what he means, because He had a family in the garden. He had Adam and Eve. He had a family and they fellowshiped and walked together. And there wasn't a bunch of list of rules and things to do. They fellowshiped. They lived life together. And that's what's restored in Revelation 21 and 2. The final resting, abiding, eternal place of God is with his family. Well, I didn't mean to diverge, but I want to talk about these two realms One of the problems I've had in my own life is being, uh, you know, lost like all of you who before you were born anew from that other realm. I had what I'd call my common sense life. In other words, what makes sense in this realm, this realm of the food, the flesh, this realm of food, shelter, and clothing, those basic necessities of human life. And even after I was born again, oftentimes the Spirit would blow something, but because it was so new and strange, I would override it with my common sense. I can recall when Barbara and I really were going to leave the churches we were serving up in northern Illinois. Beautiful bunch of churches, beautiful people. We'd gotten saved up there, and, and our son, our, our first son was born up in that area. And the beautiful thing about it was that after being born again from above, everything changed for Barbara and I, and we knew that we had to learn some new way of living, a new way of of, uh, of, expressing this new life of God. It was all so new to us, and we didn't know what to do. And then one day we were reading out of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and in that 11th chapter. It tells Abraham went, not knowing where he was going. (laughs) I can remember we looked at each other, and I know this is bad English. How can somebody went or go somewhere and not know where they're going? If I'm going to go somewhere, I ought to know where I'm going. But he went and didn't know where he was going. And yet that's exactly what happened with Barbara and I. We went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, not even really knowing why. But it was from that other realm. And many, many times after that, we would override the leading of the Spirit with our common sense. I don't know if you've had that problem, but I've had it my, myself. And in John 10, you remember, he said, My sheep hear my voice from another realm. And Matthew said the time was coming when there would be regeneration on the earth and that we would be used of God to rule and to reign. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. And until that time, we are locked in one realm, until we're born anew. When he says in Matthew six thirty-three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or in the Lord's prayer, that thy kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayer is that we will learn not to live by common sense, but by the Spirit, and submit this realm to the realm that's eternal. A realm that we can live in forever, for eternal life also begins here. One of the things that I experienced in my church experiences was what I would call, and I would say it very emphatically today, stronger than I would have when I began to realize it, was the damage From the middle of the 18th century up until now of the social gospel. That means we've got to go out and meet all of these social needs, and if we don't, we're somehow so heavenly-minded we're no earthly good. What happened was common sense replace the realm of the Spirit. Instead of bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, we made sure they had food, shelter, and clothing. After all, wasn't that a good thing to do? People are hungry. Feed them. People need shelter. Give them a shelter. Well, that's what the church began to do. And what they did is they lost their anointing. They lost the kingdom. They lost the... I can remember a district superintendent saying to me, Tom, you're so getting so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. And I was to realize painfully, through much experience, you're no earthly good if you aren't heavenly-minded. If all I give them is food, shelter, and clothing, that's all they'll ever have and they'll drift off into nothingness. But if I bring the kingdom and seek first the kingdom of God, then I can add it, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. I'll repeat it again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, the daily needs will be met. I think the most marvelous thing I've appreciated about the Salvation Army is they meet physical needs. And the only Salvation Army places that have ever had problems is those who cut the gospel of the kingdom off, that other realm off, and just began to meet social needs. It isn't long before they dry up and blow away. Whatever we surrender to becomes our God. Whatever you give yourself to becomes God. There is an eternal realm that God wants you and I to live and walk in. What does it profit, Jesus said, if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? I've just talked about so many of these things. In John 7, when he goes up to the temple, remember, and he talks about they're pouring the water over the sacrifices. And he said, everybody who's thirsty, come to me and drink. See, he's talking to them out of that realm. They don't get it yet, but then he goes on to explain it. He says, out of your belly or out of your innermost person will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit, which they were to receive, but it had not yet been given. Well, it's been given, brothers and sisters, and I pray today, right now, Holy Spirit of God, I cry out in the name of Jesus. Open the realm of the Spirit of the kingdom of God. Come upon my listeners and open them to the realm of the wind of the Spirit, the wind of eternal life, the wind wherein the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin and sets us on the pathway of God and His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Father God, I pray that for myself, "'Enlarge Yourself within me, Father. "'Forgive me the times that with my common sense "'and my theology, "'I override the voice of Your Spirit. "'Forgive me, Lord, "'when I override with my common sense. "'And You're so gracious to come and convict. "'You don't condemn me when I do it. "'You don't kick me out of the kingdom "'when I revert to the old man and common sense.'" You just say, son, how'd that work for you? And I have to say, father, not very well. Good. Then repent and come back to me and to my kingdom. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus through his shed blood, through looking at Calvary, allowing faith to burst that gift you put in our hearts to let us see him who's been crucified. For he who knew no sin became sin for us, That in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, what a gift you've given us, Jesus. You've opened up the eternal realm. Hallelujah. Glory to the living God. We praise you. We worship you. We love you. We magnify. We lift up your holy name. Call us to live more and more completely out of the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all the rest will be at Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the kingdom on earth. Amen and amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at Moan Ministries Bookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.